Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Lots of discussion in BC today about the fact that we are about to undertake a three-year pilot program decriminalizing the possession of certain hard drugs. It starts today. And then we have out this morning the news from the BC Coroner Service that 2,272 British Columbians lost their lives to toxic drugs in 2022, a number that just keeps getting higher no matter, it seems like, what we do. So we are on this path to try something, anything, that will bring those numbers down. What about the political response to this? Is the government doing the right thing? Well, to talk more about that, joining us now is Kevin Falcon, official opposition leader for the BC Liberal Party. Thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thanks for having me, Simi. Okay, let's talk about this. BC is about to undergo an experiment. What do you think about this? Well, I would be more comfortable um, with the experiment if we had all the other uh, provisions in place that are absolutely key to making sure we're successful and key among those are making sure that we've got the treatment and recovery beds available uh, for those that um, you know need to get off of their addictions and my concern you know quite honestly is that government is so entirely focused on providing publicly supplied addictive drugs to people that uh, I am not convinced that we're going to have any different results than they had in Oregon where overdose deaths went up over 39% a year after they decriminalized uh, hard drugs similar to what we're doing. What do you think we should be doing? Well, I think there's a number of things. First of all, um, you know, low amounts of drugs have been effectively decriminalized anyhow. The police generally aren't arresting people for those amounts anyhow, if you talk to any of the police officers. So, um, but one thing I'm really, really concerned about is um, I'm not sure that we're sending, this government is sending the wrong message the children when we've got, you know, vending machines providing uh, free drugs to people where they're really pushing to provide, uh, you know, addictive drugs to the public where the entire focus is on this, uh, you know, the, the so-called harm reduction. And while I think harm reduction can have a place and should have in the spectrum of services looking after folks, there is almost no talk about actually providing treatment and recovery to help people get off of their addiction. So I think we need more focus there. We need more education to young people to ensure that they don't get confused thinking decriminalization and publicly supplied addictive drugs means the drugs are safe and it's okay to do them now. Um, that's something that's very concerning. And finally, I would say this, evaluation. One thing that drives me crazy about this NDP government is they don't manage or, or um uh, provide data or focus on outcomes and results measurement on almost anything they do. And so they will continue to get worsening results, as we're seeing, sadly, with these uh, the latest numbers on overdose deaths. But they will keep doing more of the same thing, expecting to get different results. And that really concerns me. What should be our outcome measurement? What What should we decide determines success here? Oh, well, that's an easy one. Uh, What we want to see is that we've got less people dying from drug overdoses. We're seeing an improvement in the streets and that we're seeing an improvement in people recovering uh, from their addiction and becoming uh, contributing members of society again. That ought to be our number one 
uh, objective. And uh, unfortunately, we see all of those uh, measurements going in absolutely the wrong direction. We've never seen the kind of social disorder and chaos that we're seeing in our streets, not just in the downtown east side, by the way, but virtually every community in the province. Um, and, and yet, you know, government will just keep saying more of the same. How do we deal with that toxic drug part of this, which seemed that's what's killing people out there. But how do we fix that? Yeah, that, that is the trickiest. And especially when um, I know most people think that a lot of the people that are, are dying are in the downtown east side, et cetera. But in fact, most of them are men and they're dying in their own apartments uh, or condos or homes. Uh, and they're throughout the province. So it is really tricky because the problem is they are not going to go to their, um, you know, typically are not going to go to their doctor and let their doctor know that they would like some safe or, or, uh, you know, some uh, non-toxic supply of drugs, please, because they probably, their own family probably doesn't know that they recreationally use. And so we've been pushing for um, testing that, that allows them to have the ability to test their supply before they use it as something that at least would provide them something that they can privately test their drugs to make sure that they're not going to be a toxic supply. That would be a more effective way of dealing with this as opposed to, you know, trying to have uh, the government providing, you know, uh, a drug supply throughout the province. Do you think people understand that, though? I feel like I have been telling people on this show, on the air, for almost seven years that it's not the downtown east side, that it's men, you know, between the ages of 18 and 50, and they are dying alone in private residences. Do you think people actually get that? I don't think they do, because it's easy to sort of just drive through the downtown east side and say, well, there's the problem and, and just continue on your way. But it, you know, it goes so far beyond that. It, it really does. And, and look, I want to be clear that, you know, this is a very serious issue. But my goodness, you know, I just think it's important to remember that uh, all those people are dying are unbelievably wonderful people. They've got families, they've got loved ones, they're often, you know, working uh, full time, uh, you know, making full contributions, etc. They're just recreational drug users that are making a fatal mistake. And, and it's critical that we, you know, get to those folks and uh, through education, but also through some kind of testing so that they can, you know, uh, we can stop losing so many lives. But we also have to think about the next generation too, by the way, and, and that's young kids. And I want to make sure that as the, this government rushes down this path to decriminalization, I want to make sure there's clear instruction that we can still charge those that are uh, bringing, you know, uh, hard addictive drugs around schoolyards, et cetera. Uh, you know, two and a half grams of fentanyl could wipe out an entire school population. Uh, this is highly, highly dangerous stuff. And I want to make sure that we, you know, are reminding kids that it's very different than when we were young, uh, Simi, that, you know, one time can be yeah. your last. And, uh, you know, and not just to say, just say no to drugs kind of approach, but to really educate kids that it's highly, highly risky out there to be doing drugs and to look at other alternatives. Nobody thinks it's going to happen to them, though. That's the problem, isn't it, right? Like even adults, nobody think that that one time they're going to do it, it's going to happen to them. No, that's true. And that's the, as we know, with, with kids, you think you're going to live forever. Yeah. So that, that's a huge, that's a huge issue. But that's why I think, you know, the education is still a really important part of this. And these are all things, by the way, that we're, 
outlined by the federal government that were supposed to be in place. They are not in place. Everyone should really understand this. Um, government does not know which metrics they're measuring success by. Uh, they do not have any of the education information uh, at, at play. They have not given clear direction that we're still going to be charging, and they want the police to charge people around uh, elementary schools and high schools. Uh, we have not made the investments in treatment and recovery. They're entirely focused on publicly supplied addictive drugs. And so I just think that we're very, very much not ready, and I very strongly suspect we're not going to get and see good results a year from now. If that's the case, then three years from now, if if you if you had the ability to change it, would you continue with this? Well, to me, it's all about outcomes. Okay, if you want to know anything about Kevin Falcon, uh, just understand that I look at outcomes and measurements and results. And if we're not getting the right results, of course we change it. I am not going to continue to do uh, things that are getting us really poor results. I am driven by making sure that we improve things. And uh, you know, if we're not getting those good results, of course we change direction. All right, so we'll wait and see what happens here. How soon do you think we need to see results to find out if this is working? Six months? Well, a year? well I'm very concerned that the, the provincial government is setting it up for failure because they haven't done the things that the federal or the provincial government has set up for failure because they haven't followed some of the measurements that the federal government said need to be in place. And that's the metrics, establishing the metrics for determining how well this uh, test proposal goes. Remember, it is a, it is a trial proposal that is not a permanent change. Um, you know, they have not got the treatment and recovery in place, as I talked about, which is uh, really, really critical. Um, and they haven't got the education in place. So I think without those things, um, I'm, I'm not hopeful that this is going to end well. And we could end up like Oregon did a year after they decriminalized uh, hard drugs and saw their overdose rate increase by 39%. I don't want to see that here in British Columbia, but I'm very concerned that uh, the direction we're going in might lead us down that path. Well, thank you very much for your time this morning. Okay, thanks for having me, Simi. Appreciate that. Kevin Falcon, official opposition leader for the BC Liberal Party, talking about their concerns as we start this. The first day of a three-year pilot program, the federal government has granted the BC government the chance to do this, and that is the chance to decriminalize small amounts of drugs in an effort to reduce stigma, and hopefully people will be more open about it, and therefore we can you know, try to avoid a toxic drug problem, try to avoid an overdose, essentially, because the numbers are higher than ever. Now, this is going to be you know, talked about all day long, so if you want to weigh in, call or text that buzz line, 604-331-2899.